Welcome back to High Hopes, our Phillies minor league rundown. Jeff, um, you got some quality time with the mascot Why for the Lakewood Blue me? Claws last night. Well, we both did, but yeah. you, you had a nice conversation. I just to be the same height as, <laughs> as, as Buster. Again, with the height yeah. comments. Uh, we, we did have a nice conversation with Buster. <laughs> we did. It just was a lot of trying to figure out his hand signals, and I don't even think he had For our listeners, fingers. watching Jeff try and sign language basically with a mascot with a uniform on was, was pretty entertaining. I might have to take video next time just for people because Jeff was truly trying to carry on a conversation, and the mascot was completely interested in having it. He just couldn't talk. <laughs> You're the one who wants to interview him for the show. And I said, how are we going to do it? The friend of the mascot. Look, I happen to think that mascots are a huge part for kids at some of these games. And I enjoy some of the stories they have. Look, you were at the game last Sunday with your son for the Phillies, tweeting about the girl asking about the green puppet that was out there, asking the Phillies to come by with the fanatic. You should have heard this girl. This little girl is sitting behind us and she's going, Mommy, Daddy, where's the green puppet? I want to see the green puppet. And they're like, what are you talking about? The green puppet that's always at the Phillies games. <laughs> they go, oh, you mean the Fanatic? Yes. So I'm sitting there. Go, and I, so I kept saying, come on, let's go. Get the Fanatic So Jeff's tweeting at the Phillies and anybody who might listen. <laughs> I this little see, girl really wants to see the puppet. I, I wanted to see what this girl's reaction was going to be to the puppet uh. standing on top, like right, right above her. So Jeff, how did we end up in Lakewood last night? How do we end there? You, other than you driving, kind of shoot other, down. Other than driving, why? Why were we back uh, in Lakewood last? For night? a good cause. I mean, uh, Lakewood. I mean, I have an affinity for that place. I've been going there for you know twelve years or so. It's a great place to see a game. It's a fun it's right stadium. Da- it's right down by the shore. You you hit down there. You go to Point Pleasant. You can go to Asbury Park. It was a perfect night out for a yeah, game. Too. It was, but but. They did something amazing, which was for the community, which was a, a military appreciation night. They flew in a helicopter right outside the stadium. I think you they were upset invited. you didn't get there early enough to watch it land, weren't you? Yeah. You that, were kind of like was, a little kid tr- about that. You were really excited. For I was our trying listeners, to figure out whether or not there was room for, for our listeners, land. Jeff and I were trying to figure out where each other were to meet, and he sent me a text message all excited that they had landed a real helicopter there. For not military a little one. Appreciation. This, this was a big military <laughs> helicopter. You were like a kid in a candy store when you saw that helicopter. Yeah, in fact, remember up. I went up to it and I started pulling on the little uh, propeller. So we, we ended up on the field uh, supporting uh, military and veterans' families. Got them some tickets from the Heart of Sports to go to the game, and it was nice. They invited us to join them last night to help celebrate and support the people who do all the hard work for our country out there. And, and I, I advise they're going to do another one in August. And if you get a chance when you go down to Lakewood, donate to this cause. Or w- when you go to the game, they also collect goods for the military to, to send out to the care packages out to the families that are still out there. So it, it, it is a, it's a great cause. There were a ton of troops there. They they had a lot of people from Fort Dix, um, and it was just a great night. It was. It was a yeah. fun night. We got to see some of the players that we had talked to on a previous trip there. Saw Will Stewart again, who seems much who, more comfortable. Who, a- who aged about 10 years. He still looks the same and no, young, to me but he, didn't. he seems more confident in yes. himself. And, like and that's what I mean. I, I don't think he – when I say aged – you could tell in in the seriousness of his face. He was still just as friendly, but he looked like he had been through ten seasons of baseball. And we were talking it really is a lot for them. We were talking about what it's like. He's going to be starting the minor league all star game next week. Like that's a pretty cool yeah. honor for him to have. And um, you know, it's it's always fun. I enjoy the conversations you have with some of the players when like their parents are tweeting at us at the at High Hopes Phil's account, <laughs> and then you see like their child. 
out there, or they're a ball player, and you're like, hey, your mom was retweeting or He's liking like, yeah, your I posts. Know. <laughs> and they get all like embarrassed, like, yeah, my, my, my parents enjoy social media out there. Um, We're giving parents an outlet not to be obnoxious. So Will Stewart's in single A, but you've yeah. got De Los Santos in triple A who is dealing right yep. now, and there's no room for him on the major league roster because Vinny Velasquez had another pretty good game this week. Now, I know yeah. you have your opinions about him, and I've asked you because uh -huh. you still think Vinny's Vinny. Like, he does his thing for a certain amount of innings and then kind of blows I up. I root for him, but, I, but I'm but realistic you have no faith. about him. No, I don't. I, 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 I just, for whatever reason, he doesn't repeat his mechanics enough to be consistent. And I was asking and you, is he pitching differently this year? I'm not saying the end result well, you, is different. You, you said he's using different pitches. It seems like he's using his off-speed pitches a little bit more rather than just trying to overpower everybody, trying to learn how to actually be a pitcher. He's come in the game and throw gas and then get so tired mm -hmm. that he was exhausted and couldn't pitch any further. It, it seems like yeah, he's got it, the it, strength. He's just making bad pitches at times at this point. It's he a goes long in counts, and, he d and until he matures enough to realize it's okay to just get a couple ground balls and get out of an inning with six or seven pitches. It's never going to be the same. I, w I was listening to the game on the radio on the way as we were going to Lakewood. <laughs> as Larry Anderson And Larry was Anderson's <laughs> saying what I'm thinking, which is, you know, everybody's going, oh, my God, he made it six innings. It's a no-hitter, and he's got 80 pitches. And, and Larry Anderson and, and Scott Fransky says, you know, at some point – Gabe Kapler's going to have a difficult decision to make, and Larry Anderson goes, no, he isn't. There's no way he can go nine innings the way he throws 15 to 20 pitches, mm -hmm. and he's right. Then it, he gave up two runs, they took him out. Right. Gave up a hit. Gave, gave up two up runs a, on one hit. hit and, and then they took him out. Uh, the Iron Pigs are three and a half games up in the International League, still playing good ball. Um, anything you're seeing there that disappoints you, surprises you? No. They, Roman Quinn's still recovering. Ben Lively pitched... Uh, in a start there the other night, he pitched well. Pitched well. Yeah. Um, Eshelman is still struggling. He's, um, but the, to me, the big the big disappointment is not being able to see Roman Quinn because he's electric. But with regard to the rest of the team, it's a bunch of people in holding patterns in case someone gets injured. Uh, let's go to Reading. Fighting uh, yeah. Phils are starting to hit and pitch better. They'll be ready for the second half. Your thoughts before we play our interview with manager Greg Legg? Anything to still, intro that? Still, the, still one of the best places to see a game. You know, it, it, when we were there, it was a military uh, appreciation. Yeah, you'll all hear that in the interview. Uh, you'll hear the planes fly you'll, over. Yeah, and, the, and these are World War II bombers that are flying over as we're interviewing on, a, on again a perfect day for baseball. But Greg Legg. I think everybody will really enjoy the interview we have with Greg. And it's fun because, you know, we, we asked him about it. He's been in the organization since the 80s. He was a player. He was Darren Dalton's minor league teammate. In 83, and we mm -hmm. asked him about that. So here you go. We have his interview. We're here at uh, Reading Stadium, First Energy uh, Stadium, with Greg Legg. Greg, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Jeff. So, Greg, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you ended up with Reading this year? Well, I've, in, in the offseason, uh, Joe Jordan called me and says, hey, you we're going to send you back to writing. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Uh, you know, it's it's a good gig. It's it's a, a great baseball town's fun. We have a blast here. We get treated great. The players or fans are here. It's a great environment. So you've been with the Phillies organization for how many years? I, I lose track. In 1982 was the first year as a player. Is that when you were drafted with the Phillies? I was drafted a uh, real low pick. It's 22nd round and uh, kind of had a goal of, Man, if I can just play one more year, 
from day one. Uh, I want to do this one more year, one more year, one so, more year. So I'm going to test your memory. Where were you when you found out that you were drafted? I was in South Durant, Oklahoma, and uh, still living in an apartment. It was uh, kind of low income apartment and uh, waiting for that day. It was I was about to leave school and go home. And uh, I got drafted in the 22nd round and signed my contract in, in a classroom. How'd you find out? Did, did someone call they, you? Yeah, they called me. So you signed, you signed and then you went straight to where? Went all the way from Durant to Duncan to Oklahoma City. The next day, took a flight to Helena, Montana. And in about 10 days, I was in the Carolina League. And uh, we were called the Peninsula Pilots. They don't even exist anymore, nope, do they? Nope. Uh, it was in the town we lived in was Newport News. I think the was in Hampton, Virginia, Carolina League. And, and so eventually you made your way up to this stadium as a player. I did. I did. It was a lot different back then, a lot different. In fact, it was the very next year I was here in 1983. And were you also a teammate with Darren Dalton? I was uh, in both years. So and, what was it like to play with Darren Dalton? And I think Juan Samuel was here also yes, that year? Yes, he was. Uh, they were, we were all on that team in the Carolina League which I could be wrong in the Carolina League that team won 95 games or 96 and and again the following year it was here it was 95 or 96 wins a couple of really good teams and Darren Dalton was the best teammate I ever had uh, he treated you like a brother uh, he took care of you he made sure you were all right gave you uh, Love, sugar, whatever you needed. He, he was just a leader. And that continued throughout his, his days with the Phillies. So you think he had that leadership quality even early on? In 1982, he had it. It was unbelievable. That's, I mean, I was a kid that never, you know, had no idea about pro ball. And <clears throat> he took me in that very year. And he did the same for everybody. If you messed with me, you had to mess with Darren. If you messed with you guys, if you were on the team, you had to mess with Darren. It was uh, just great leadership qualities right from the beginning. And who was your manager when you were here? Bill Dancy. How was that? What was that like having him as a manager? <laughs> There's some great <laughs> stories I could tell about Bill. Uh, Give us the best I was one. Actually you got. At, I was actually at his last wedding. Uh, well, the be best one, you might have to believe me, but the very first <laughs> night, I mean, I, I finally get a uniform. I make it to, to the Peninsula Pilots. I get there, and it's the 10th inning. And uh, Jeff Stone hits one off the wall to win the game one to nothing. And so I haven't met anybody yet. So I walk in the clubhouse and I go, hey, coach, uh, I'm, I'm Greg Legg, your new player. And he goes, I'm nobody's coach and slams, but he used a couple of more choice <laughs> words and slammed the door on me. Man. <laughs> they, in pro ball, you don't call anybody coach. Right. But in high school and college, everybody's coach Legg, coach Smith, coach whatever. And, <laughs> And I referred to him as coach for the very first day. You know, and he'd slam the door on me. So now that you're managing here, has anybody called you coach? I had well in the lower levels. Uh -huh. You know, when I was in rookie ball and and things like that, Lakewood, you know, Williamsport, and then you just I was a little nicer than Bill was. <laughs> What's it like to come back here now as manager when you came through here as a player in your younger years? Oh, it's uh, well, they've changed this environment so much. Uh, this used to be a really big park, uh, bought in travel. The fans weren't here, you know, as much. You know, now you're packing houses, and it was uh, smaller crowds. Now they've uh, – I like to 
say it, it's my own way, they make it a carnival atmosphere here where everywhere you go there's a chance to have fun, buy something to eat, buy something to drink, entertainment uh, throughout the night from pitch one to even an hour and a half after the game with, with the bands and everything. So they've turned this into. Well, and don't forget the crazy hot dog van. Oh, my God. They, I, I believe I saw the very first day he was here back, uh, might have been uh, 2002, three or four, you know, when my first time managing here. You've been with this organization since you said 1982. What's kept you with the Phillies organization this long? Well, I, I, like I said earlier, I was, you know, if I can just do this one more year in a lot of one year contracts, but I, honestly, uh, I've never been treated better. Uh, it's like uh, the family atmosphere uh, that was started from day one with guys like Darren Dalton and Bill Dancy uh, and ownership. And, you know, there's so many names I could throw at you. They just treated me <clears throat> and my family as if we were all blood. And, you know, I've, I had a couple of chances to, to leave at other times and and none of them just felt right and and so I, I've I'm happy to have had my whole career here it's it's been a uh, a great journey now now you're with a double a team this is for a lot of people this is kind of where they kind of sink or swim what's it like to manage those kids and the expectations that they have for themselves and and what they think teams have for them well, you know, if we can get them to not put pressure on themselves and just let the themselves come out, we usually get the best player. Uh, and those are usually the ones that, like you said earlier, if they, if they can play here, and we tell them that, we teach them that. If you can play in double-A and have success, you got a legitimate chance to play in the big leagues. And we've seen that the last few years uh, with what's been going on here in Reading with, you know, Hoskins and, and that crew, uh, those guys playing and pitching here and having success, they're all there now. And a couple of them, uh, Walding, uh, Kingery, were here last year. And uh, Sir Anthony was here just this year. So it, it's, a, it's a great time to be a Philly, and, and we're going to send a lot of players there and win a lot of games. Here you have to not only educate the players and make sure that they develop, but people around here, Reading, want you to win. <laughs> so how do you... Now, I've gotten different answers and some rough answers, including from uh, your colleague Gary Jones a couple weeks ago. What do you do to manage those two things? Because they don't always seem to be the same thing. Well, you're exactly right. Uh, well, what Shrinky and I and the coaches here try to do as much as we can is get them in an environment, and if they get in that environment, try to leave them in it. And the other night we had a, an example would be Killamay was six and two-thirds innings. Uh, guy on third, we're winning by one run. Uh, left-handed hitters up. Got a left-hander warming up. You, we can't set that stage for Franklin Killamay every time he pitches. So he's in this moment. So we both decide let's let him get this guy out, see what happens, because we can't teach that. We can't. We can't invent it. You, you, you may only get there three more times this year if you're lucky for that particular player. We let him pitch. Uh, Unfortunately, it was a wild pitch uh, involved. The game's tied. But, you know, he got that moment. And if we can get these kids in that moment to prepare them for the big leagues, I think we win in the long run, whether you won the game or not. What's it like to balance? You know, you've had a lot of movement on the roster, players going up to AAA, players coming up from single A to double A and making impacts immediately. 
How do you balance that as a manager where you get the players to the point where they're so successful that they move on, but then at the same time you've got a hole in your locker room that's going to be filled by somebody new coming in? I think you've you got to remember that's what the players want. You know, They, they show up here to, to move up, and that's probably the greatest thing we get as coaches. The, it's the best thing we get to do tell you, hey, you're, you're got called up to AAA or you get called up to the big leagues or, you know, the other part as a manager, you know, you get to do the bad part too. And which, so that's, that's just a great joy. It's one that I've never tried to hold a guy back. I've, I've actually called and said he's ready. Uh, and sometimes they leave him here longer and sometimes they don't wherever I was at. Uh, that's what we're doing this for. So it's the best feeling we get when we're sending them up. I was going to say, what's that feeling like when you bring somebody in your locker room and you say, it's your chance now, you're it's, going up? It's, it's really good. Uh, uh, only I haven't got to tell too many guys are going to the big leagues yet, but Drew Anderson, I got to tell him last year, and that was uh, just awesome. And, and guys like Walding and Canary, when you get to see them in their first big league at bats, then and there's more years past that you, you just sit in your chair and, and kind of you're so proud of them. And it's kind of, you get to share the moment with them in a way, uh, but it's their moment. It's just one. It's probably the best thing you get, better than the paycheck. You know, it's 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 our ultimate hive, for lack of a better word. You're basically like a proud parent when you see them make it. That's a great way to put it. I wish I would have said that. <laughs> but next interview. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's just a uh, something you can't find. You can't buy it. You can't you can't go get it. You. It's one of the moments that it's really unforgettable. It's, it's, it's priceless. We'd like to talk about more than just what happens on the field, on the show. Um, can you talk about, we know it's important for you to be involved with the community and, and giving back yourself, your family. Can you tell us a little bit about what that's like and, and why you get so involved as you do? Well, you, you know, they did one here in Reading the other day. They opened a brand new facility for uh, some unfortunate kids. Uh, I don't know what it's called. That was a great, our whole team went to it, the brand new stadium. Uh, Scott could tell you more about it. That was just a great day. Back home, uh, I tried to give out a scholarship uh, personally, but my wife has this one charity, the Ladies in Pink, that's just tremendous uh, for uh, uh, breast cancer. And, and they just have, uh, it's grown from, I think the first time they had 150 people there to like now they have like 3,000 and uh, it's been going on for a long time and it's just a bonus that we get something that we can do and and I, I tip my hat to all the people that do stuff like that because it takes a, uh, a lot of effort and, uh, and it's your free time my wife gives a lot of her free time for that and I usually end up being at home by myself uh, with the kids uh, and that's that's awesome too. Do you have any kids that play baseball or softball? I, I do not they've all they're all older. My son just graduated from Penn State. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was in May. So I, I got to go to that. Uh, just a great, great, I was proud of that. So in addition to being a proud papa with your own kids and the players, I just wanted to ask you, what was it like for yourself, not only when you were drafted, but, but also the moment that you get, saw your first baseball card? Because I read somewhere that, that your first baseball card was actually a Scranton baseball card? No. No? Uh, the, uh, uh, if, well, getting drafted was I was in panic mode. Right. I, I hadn't quite finished my degree, and uh, 
Still haven't, by the way. My wife's all over me. But she's in education. I was going to be a teacher and a coach, and I'd went uh, four years at Southeastern Oklahoma State, and I had struggled a little bit my freshman year, but got it together. And it was day two of the draft, and I was like, well, what am I going to do now? You know, so you're trying to think of what you're going to do. And then I got the call, and it was, it was just awesome. It was a great feeling. Um, when did it? you see? Your, when did you see your first baseball? Well, card? my first baseball card was the '83 Redding card, and it was black and white. So that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in color. It was in black and white. And you still have it? I I think I, a fan. You know, back then they give you like a, a card set of the whole team, and then they give you like 25 of your own, something like that. Yeah. And it was in a little case <laughs> that was nice and no bubble and, gum in it. No bubblegum. And I went home and, you know, I had the one of the group. I uh, wish I still had that set because there was a lot of great players in there and a lot of good friends. Uh, so I left it at home and then the next year went away. And when I came back, my dad had given them all away to his buddies. <laughs> you know, so, so I didn't have any more. But a couple of years uh, back, uh, a fan had me sign one of those. And, and I said something, in fact, oh, my, you know, relishing about the memory of it. And, and he, and he goes, well, do you have one? I go, no. And he happened to have another one, and he gave it to me. So, That's great. Yeah. The black and white part was the hilarious part. You should, you should show that to your players sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my yeah. first card. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for the time. We really appreciate it and look forward to talking to you again. My, ple- my pleasure. Thank you. That was Reading Phillies AA coach Greg Legg, the third winningest coach in Reading's history who got his 300th win or won his 300th game in Reading this week, Jeff. He, he's now the third winningest coach in Reading history. I and a really good guy. You know, it's there were so many parts of that interview that were fun with him. Uh, the black and white baseball card <laughs> was definitely enjoyable. Which I did look up because <clears> I'm, <throat> I'm going 1983. Come on, they didn't have black and white cards. But you found it. it. Found it. It's black and white. It's black it, and it's white. It's blue around the sides, but it, it, his picture is in black and white. Um, I did not know that you're not supposed to call your manager coach. Me neither. And you actually were a manager. <laughs> yeah, but I, it was kids. This this appears to be a major league. It seemed like he said player, that so. you know up to like single A they call them coach, and then all of a sudden a double A. Then, then you're well. Then you're supposed to know better. Well, so so I don't know why it is, but I, I'm not going to question. it. I know better now than to call any of them and, coach. And the look on his face, it was it was clear <laughs> that whatever Bill Dancy said, it w- it wasn't PG. Also <laughs> interesting, given that the Phillies honored the '93 team this past weekend, to hear his stories about Darren Dalton as a leader back when he got there. From the get-go. He, the de- he just he said that it was in him. It, it's not something that he learned to do, that he was a leader from the time that he walked into that clubhouse. The Phillies really have some great leadership on their teams in the minor leagues. You're going to be heading out to Williamsport with Alex, and they have Pat Borders out there managing that team. So, I mean, if you look at the managers, they really have some people that are really doing good things with their young players. So the question will be, if we if we interview Pat, will it be another situation? Because have you noticed that when we interview the the players, they all seem to be ready, like the, like somebody's the managers. Them. They don't tell the, them. The, the, I, I have a theory <laughs> that that the managers just don't want to be bothered. So what they do is they kind of just drop it on them, just as as we get there and say, hey, by the way, you're doing an interview. And because maybe just found out they had to talk to you and they weren't happy about it. Well, but it, but it, but they always turn out to be fun. Yes. Because like even before we started. Greg's, Greg said, look, I'll, I'll do it, um, but I don't want you asking me this, this, and this. And it, 
it, it turns and we were out. like, "Don't worry, we don't ask that." Yeah, <laughs> and and, th- and then he was he was great. I mean, he opened up. He told us lots of of good stories. So you have a challenge, okay? Because yeah. I'm not going to be with you in Williamsport, and we talked about oh, this last I know night. Where you're going. Go ahead. Pat Borders played on the Blue Jays team that crushed my dreams as a young child. Yes. Uh, it's Father's Day weekend. I remember waking my dad up. He was sleeping. He had fallen asleep mm-hmm. in the chair. I was watching the game on TV, and I woke him up and said, Dad, Dad, we're coming back to Philly. We're coming back to Philly. And then Joe Carter happened, and we weren't coming back to Philly. <laughs> and so I need you to ask Pat Borders. He obviously has a different recollection than I do yeah. of how that went. Uh-huh. Um, talk to him about that. That must have been an I'm interesting series. I'm surprised they hired anybody from to, that team. To now be in the, the system of the team that, that, mm-hmm. that happened, I just I wonder if he has an interesting take on that. If Wasn't you get a he the MVP of, of, of one, one of those of, yeah. teams? So... You'd be around some talent out there. Mm-hmm. Alex. Hopefully, hopefully Alec Bohm won't be up there by then. This is for Jeff's son, Alex, who's probably listening. Keep your dad in line. Let's make sure we get some good questions out of him. <laughs> Thanks. It'd be fun if Alec Bohm was out there. Give me some stock up, Jeff. Stock up. Who do you want? I don't you know. You go for first? You make the list here. I don't know. Right, we could start with David Parkinson. Uh, the, pro- <laughs> the problem is with, with, with this is the Lakewood pitchers are insanely good. I mean, every, yeah, you don't every even want to. You don't want to call it the farm. No, I want to call. I want to call them the Ace Clause. I mean, they they are that good. So David Parkinson is is one of these great young pitchers, and, and Lakewood had this last year with JoJo Romero and Sixto Sanchez and that whole crew. So Sixto, David, Park- by the way, who's hurt, we should mention yes. that happened in the last week. He's shut down for uh, a little but, bit. But there, I, I don't know how serious it is. You haven't heard any like real concerns about it. But I, but I, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, okay, so I, back I to Parkinson. Parkinson has won five of his last decisions, six decisions. His last start, he went five innings, gave up three hits, no runs, and eight strikeouts. And it's it's become like. Ho hum! Another game that Lakewood doesn't give up a run. Well, it seems like the Lakewood pitchers going out and going top this. Like they're just going out yeah. there and competing, and you know it's it's fun to see young arms develop. Will Stewart had another great outing uh, before you know leading into the mm-hmm. the All Star break. Um, and, then, me- and then we have Austin Listy. So Derek Hall is leading the league at Flor at the Florida State League, which is down in Flor in Florida, obviously. He no leaves, way. He leaves Clearwater. That was profound, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> he leaves Clearwater, gets promoted to Reading, and Austin Listy comes in, and he's batting 344. He has nine home runs, 45 RBIs, and he has a 1.013 OPS. Last 50 seconds. Tell me about our, our first-round pick. So people who haven't heard the name Adam Hazley le- recently, keep in mind he's doing fine. His last 10 games, he's batting 319. And he's batting close to 300. He's batting 296. For, for our season. listeners, by the way, Jeff preaches patience with young players. Some people on Twitter don't like that very much. Tell me about Mickey Moniak. Speaking of patience, <laughs> um, he was off for a week. Nobody knows why. Um, but last night he came back. He was three for four with three RBIs, and he's now batting 385 over his last 10 games. All right. Uh, we'll be patience. back. We're going to come back next week. We'll have more interviews from when we're out reading. We'll talk more about your trip out to Williamsport. Any final thoughts? Uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend with the U.S. Open and probably not watching a lot of World Cup. Everybody have a great Father's Day. Thank you so much for listening this week to High Hopes, the Phillies Minor League Rundown. Join us next Friday night. Start your weekend in style. Have a great one. Bye-bye.